0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, Chasey. John Coleman. Dio, you fired up. What's poppin'? Dude, I'm in a
1: great mood. I know. Let's As of late, this is like two days in a row. A, I know. That's a, like seeing Haley's comment.
0: Yeah, I was fired up yesterday. I know. And well, then today, I'm going to tell you what it is. What is it? And 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 I know you sneaked this on the Instagram. Okay. This week already. Oh, and I God. appreciate it. It's Ted Lasso, man. God, are they paying you for this shit? It
1: is Ted Lasso. I can't wait to watch this series and not like it. Well, it's funny, much. you
0: you asked me. The problem is you probably won't like it because I probably hyped it up way <laughs> so too much. much yeah. You're like, "Well, which one's better, Lasso or Shit's Creek?" Creek? And, and I was like, yeah, "Well, Shit's Creek's amazing great show." And I was thinking about it last night when we were watching yet another episode of Ted Lasso. And I'm like, what's great about both of those shows is the characters. All right. There were many characters on Shits Creek, if not all that you loved. All right. Same thing with Ted Lasso. Right. You just love the characters. Yeah. And it's well-written, but Ted Lasso will make you a better person. It'll I'm make just, you want to be a better person. I'm just going to get those shirts. Is that, did he say that in the show or something? No, or you this, just, is just this is me. just me. This is the D.O. This is my experience. Ted Lasso, watching Ted Lasso made you a, a better, will make, make, you make you a, a better, better person. person. Okay. At a minimum, it'll make you want to be a better person. Look, you may fall flat on your face trying to become a better person. Right. At least by watching Ted Lasso, it's going to make you want to be a better person. There you go. Yeah. Okay. But no, you're all over our social media. Not really all over. I was thinking you're going to do, like, some kind of a post, and it was going to go viral and get yes, all these yes, lights. We talked about that. And then you floated it up, like, all discreetly I got something in, in our story, Yeah. right? It my daughter caught it, though. Yeah, so. My daughter caught it. Yeah. Because my daughter doesn't watch the show with us. I tried to get her to watch it, and she's like, no, it's old people. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not old people. But anyhow, shout out to Jason today and all of the writers. and um,
1: We'd love to have him as a guest one day on the show.
0: Yeah, you Let's know what, Jason, if you want to come on the show and talk about – the the how you came about the concept or the script Mm -hmm. or what was your first idea did you know be such a big hit what's the motivation who are the writers so the writers are amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, but no but you 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 floated up on story on instagram i haven't seen anything on facebook i haven't seen anything on tiktok yet nor on linkedin but look listeners viewers if you're tuning in for the first time, please know you can follow us on all four of those social media platforms. We are at the Lone Officer Podcast. Yep. If you're watching us on YouTube, I say thank you. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Feel free to comment. Mm-hmm. And there's a plethora, by a plethora, I mean over 160 other episodes that you can... Binge. Ben- I binge Ted Lasso. You Wait, can really, binge yeah. on TLOP yeah, if yeah. you would like. Yeah, yes. Yeah. If you don't like listening or watching us... You can listen. You can listen. Yep. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or really anywhere yeah. where you can find podcasts—we are there. I don't know if we're on Stitcher we just are. yet. We are on Stitcher. Yeah. Good job, yeah. thank you, yeah. Yeah, you know. thank you. Now we're on Stitcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you look, Podbean—if there's a—if there's a podcast pl- platform, we're there. Yes. Please subscribe. Please give us a five-star review, and most importantly, please share. Tell a buddy. If you want more, because this is just isn't enough. Mm. John Coleman is putting the finishing touches on tloponline.com mm. or the officer podcast.com. Mm. Stay tuned. Check it out. Hopefully. Mm. With a big H for hopefully. Hope is a strong word. It's a very strong word. Mm-hmm. It it's a troubling word. <laughs> but hopefully. You've taught me to October under-promise 15th. and
1: over-deliver. Okay. It's, it's um, well,
0: I, I need it by October 15th, John. Sure. All right. I'm, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so... Today we got all the business behind us. Yes. Today, let's go ahead and just knock it out. Like this is a, this is a really cool viewer request. Okay. lop request. T-lopper, mm-hmm. podcast request. Mm-hmm. Listener. I don't know. I honestly don't know if she listens, watches, or what the case may be. Okay. But it's someone who is two years into her career. Okay. This year. She has already made President's Club for her company, and she's going for, like, the Diamond Achiever level. Damn. Yeah. What's really cool is I don't know her, and we work for the same company. Shout out to Waterstone Mortgage. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so she's a loan, a loan originator younger in her career, mm-hmm. and uh, she works out of, like, southern Colorado, I believe. Like, I had to actually look up, like, I, I see Co. I know it's Colorado, but right. what market is that? That's Gwen Swain's territory. Uh, Gwen Swain's up in Idaho. I know, but it's next to Denver. not not? really this one's closer to new mexico john wow they must not teach geography up there in uh in springfield massachusetts
1: take shots at my alma maters
0: really hold on idaho's not next to denver i don't know it's all you don't even know either utah idaho washington state oregon uh, colorado yeah it's all out there interesting okay it's all out there nonetheless nonetheless no shout out because she had two requests and we can't knock them all out today right But I actually appreciated both of her requests. Mm -hmm. One, affinity relationships. Yes. Not going to do it today. Mm -hmm. Not going to do it. We will do it though. Yeah. You were like, well, Dio, how are we going to do a show? I don't even know what like an affinity relationship is. Mm -hmm. For those that don't know, it's essentially a way for loan officers or realtors or financial advisors to go out and market themselves to corporations. Mm. Like I knew a guy who's a top producer when I was a rookie and he had an affinity relationship with UPS up in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Maybe you're in Memphis, Tennessee, and you want to have an affinity relationship with FedEx. Mm. Maybe you're out in Silicon Valley, San Francisco area, and holy cow, think of those affinity relationships. Yeah. Right? Google, Microsoft, et cetera, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Um, yep. Yeah, so an affinity relationship is just that. It's not necessarily calling on realtors and builders and CPAs and financial advisors to, to, to build relationships referral-based. It's actually going in and talking to a CFO or a VP of HR and being a part of their employee benefits package, because maybe you offer discounts or you come in and teach courses to their employees. Mm -hmm. Because someone who is a HR manager understands that employees who own homes are also employees who are more rooted in their careers. They're less likely to leave. Also, they understand that homeowners are happier than non-homeowners based on XYZ study and they're wealthier. So, but we're not going to talk about that today. Not today. We're going to tease that. Yes. Right. Maybe with TLOP online, we could even put together for premium um, subscribers. Right. Maybe we could have like a little like uh, uh, a workbook Mm. on how to build affinity relationships. Sounds like a plan. If you can make a mental note of that, get with Dennis Miller. Circle back with me Mm -hmm. in three to six months. I'm sure we can put something together.
1: You put it in the universe, it will happen. But in the interim. Yes.
0: Let's talk about hiring an assistant. Yes, because I need one because I can't take my business to the next level until I get one, Dio. I was about to say, John, you don't need an assistant. You need to stop boondoggling. I was, I was waiting for you to work that in. Well, I'm gonna work in boondoggle all day long. If you don't know the term boondoggle, look it up. It's an amazing word. That doesn't just learn. I just learned, I by just learned it. That's John knew it. Yeah, this uh, buddy of ours, Aaron Duba, knew it. My two business partners, David Holbrook and Mike Smalley, they yeah. laughed at me. I tried to make <laughs> a joke about the term boondoggle, and they're like, "It Broondog- wasn't funny." Yeah. I go, "That's a funny word." like, "I go, I just learned it. It's the word. It's like Pee Wee Herman, the word yeah. of the day. Yes, remember that show? Yes, of course. Yeah. Shout out Pee Wee Herman. Connect the dots. Mm-hmm. La, 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 la. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the word of the day. And they're like, nah, dude, we've already known that yeah, word. Now, your definition and their definition were similar, but not exactly the Correct. same. Yeah, right. But boondogling, before you go and look it up, the way that I like to think of it is the way that I like to think about Jesus wearing a tuxedo t-shirt. Right. That's a great movie. you have never seen it. But Boone. i no, sorry. You've never seen The Legend of Ricky Bobby?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I didn't really. Talladega I, Nights? Yeah, it's not. I okay.
0: Mean, parts of it parts of it well that's the best part it's in the beginning it's in the first 30 minutes when they're sitting at the dinner table i'll upload that as an episode john c Riley, the kids the grandpa the if hot If you're not first the or hot last, daughter that's all i know if you're not okay. first or last well anyhow totally digressed down that rabbit hole yeah some apologies some non-apologies you're <sighs> talking about how to build a boondoggling. team boondoggling yes so the way that i like to think mm-hmm. of boondoggling so there's a part when they're talking about jesus well, the way i I like to think about Jesus as X. Well, I like to think about Jesus this way. One guy, like a little baby. One one guy was thinking about Jesus, like singing uh, 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 Leonard Skinner. Right. Okay. So when I said the way that I like to think about boondoggling, it made me think of that particular part of that particular movie. Right. But no, it's someone who works really hard and gets nothing done. All the time. All the time. All the damn time. I'm so busy. Oh, my God. I don't have time. I'm swamped. I can't take another call. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I look at their production report, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, because I'm busy all the time, so I can't close these
0: loans. That's why I'm so busy. Can't you tell? Yeah, well, you're a boondoggler and you don't want to boondoggle. I'm not doggling nothing. Yeah. I'm working hard. Yeah, well, you're working hard and get going nowhere. Right. You know, my dog works really hard chasing his tail. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get a whole lot done. True. He could work harder mm-hmm. if I put him out on the farm mm-hmm. and had him mushing or something. Right. Whatever dogs do, going and chasing down rabbits so we can have dinner. Right. Or he can just chase his tail all day. Non-productive. Yeah. Chasing his tail is boondoggling. Okay. Going and catching a rabbit or treeing a squirrel so we can have dinner that night. That's a little different, right? Okay. But we're going to talk about hiring an assistant. Right. Which a lot of times people think they need an assistant when really. All they're doing is boondoggling. What they need to do is figure out how not to boondoggle. Right. Honestly. Honestly. So the first thing I would tell anyone who's looking to hire an assistant is why. Where are you? And I'm going to talk about people who produce things for a living. I don't care what you produce, right? You can produce a magazine, you can produce advertising, you mm-hmm. can produce clients for your law firm clients for your dental practice clients. Cause you're a financial advisor. You sell life insurance. Maybe you work at Tom James with, Def, with Jeff Tichetta. Shout out Jeff. shout out Jeff, right? Maybe you're a loan officer, maybe you're a realtor, mm-hmm. but whatever the case may be, you're like, I need an assistant. Okay. The first thing I'd ask you is where are you in terms of productivity as compared to your peers? In many industries, we can look at our production, whether it's how many units do we produce, how much volume do we produce, how much revenue do we generate, how many patients do we see. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not in the top 20%, you don't need an assistant. In my opinion, you need to work on getting better. But wait, hear me out. I need, I mean, look, if you want to continue to be inefficient and then you want to spend money so you can spend more time becoming more, more inefficient, then by all means you can go out and hire an assistant whenever you want. If you can afford it, you can go do it. Right. right? And we're going to teach you in a second on, on, on some tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way on how to hire an assistant, but why, why do you need one? Typically, typically you're going to want to hire an assistant because you want to either a continue producing at the pace that you are which should be at the top level. You should be the top 10% in your organization, in your trade, in your profession, but you can't maintain without having someone supporting you, mm-hmm. okay? You can't maintain the work-life balance you need in order to stay physically and mentally fit. You can't maintain the work-life balance you need in order to be the best parent, the best spouse, as well as the best business or, or, or executive leader that you need to be or you just can't maintain that level of production for a long period of time without going crazy mm-hmm. and pulling your hair out. Therefore you need someone yeah. like that, that in itself, that's a good reason. And then at that point you make the decision, you know what, even if I make 30, 40 or $50,000 less this year, I'm okay with it. I want to maintain this high level of production, but I don't want to maintain the hours that I'm working. Right. That's usually someone who's extremely efficient. I will tell you, most people who think they need a need an assistant and they've never had one before, no, they need to quit boondoggling. Right. Right? They need to learn how to get better. They need to look around and say, wait a minute, how many units should I be producing without an assistant? And I'm going to tell you, if you're in the mortgage industry, five to seven. If you're not producing five to seven units a month on your own, then with, with like – You don't need an assistant. Hear me out. I need an assistant to get to five to seven. That's why I can't get to five to seven. Nope. I, I know so many top producers. I mean, dozens, dozens of top producers, right? People who make more money than oncologists and heart surgeons working as real estate agents and working as mortgage loan originators and working as financial advisors. I promise you, they all became successful and then they hired to support their success. Now, there is something to be said about maybe someone second or third or fourth higher being one of those that, hey, I'm going to build it before it comes, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually hire one more because I'm, I'm being prevented from going out and doing what is necessary to bring in more business. But in the very beginning, if you want it, whatever it is, and it's going to be a high level of success in your chosen career, you'll go do it, come hell or high water. I'm a firm believer in that. Mm-hmm. And then… Once you've achieved it, you have made the decision that, hey, to maintain it, I'm going to need help. Or in order to take it to the next level, mm-hmm. I'm going to need help. And usually it's both. Usually it's, hey, in order for me to maintain this, I need help. And I'll never be able to do anything more right. without help. Have you ever seen an instance where someone gets
1: um, an assistant and actually goes backwards? Like their production yes. drops off and they actually do worse? Yes. yes. Can you talk about that? Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> what do they have to just get lazy and they just think? hundred percent.
0: It's usually somebody that maybe they did it on purpose and that's okay. Like if you go into it with the right mindset and the right expectations, you're like, look, I'm at a point in my career where I'm looking to do less.
1: Mm.
0: I want to do less. I'm going to hire somebody to come and do more of what I do so I can take more vacations. So I can decrease my hours. It's usually someone who's at a point in their life when they're ready to enter the next phase of their career, even if that phase is retirement. Okay. Yep. And that's, Totally cool, right? And this episode will apply to you too Mm -hmm. because we're talking about like who to hire, what to hire, what to look for, what not to look for, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. All right, so I think we've done a decent enough job of like painting the picture of many of you who are tuned in think that in order for you to be successful, you need an assistant. And I'm gonna say bullshit. In order for you to be successful, you have to wanna be successful and go out and achieve a high level of success Mm -hmm. and then hire an assistant to maintain it. Hire an assistant to help you become less of a mess, hire an assistant to allow you to continue to go from being top 10% to top 5%, top 5%, top two, top top two to top Mm one. Right. But never, ever, ever fool yourself into thinking that by hiring an assistant, you're going to be anything better. No, because if you wanted it, you would have done it period. End of story. I'm a firm believer in it because I've never seen someone who wasn't highly successful in their chosen career path, go out and hire an assistant. All of a sudden they were. Like they didn't go from average hey i'm average right now but i knew if i have an assistant i'd go from above average no no it just it doesn't work that way right. period in the story trust me um i'm sure there's some outliers out there right. but they're few and far between mm-hmm. the whole 80 20 rule mm-hmm. Pareto's principle 80 percent do it the way that i, I described 20 percent right. may be an outlier they may buck the trend right. all right so for my loan officer friends When you are hiring an assistant, please keep in mind what you're hiring. If it's an assistant, it's someone who is newer in their career. They don't necessarily know loan to value. They don't know DTI. They don't know how to read a credit report. They don't know how to take a loan application. And if you hire them, and then you expect them to know this. Mm, Rude awakening. It's a rude awakening, yes. So you have to ask yourself, what are you going to hire them to do? And what's your expectation for their training, onboarding, and their their um, I guess professional betterment? Right. Career trajectory. I yes. Think. I'm going to ask you this, John, if you're looking to hire an assistant. John, what type of manager do you want to be? What type of leader are you? And what type of experience and or training do you have? Hands off and none. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So guess what? Go, p- go pick up a Peter Drucker booker. Booker, (laughs) Peter Drucker book, right? Go read a John Maxwell book, right? Watch some videos. Do a lot of, as a question for you, do a lot of
1: LOs who've never managed anyone before, but themselves or like just sales professionals. And they hire an assistant and they're like, all right, I got an assistant now. What? And they're like, well, here's your assistant. They don't, they don't know what to do. Like clueless. What do I do? I don't know. Clueless. They're
0: either a tyrannical, right? They're just an absolute bear to have to work for, or they're aloof because they haven't studied, they haven't experienced it. You know what they experience? Becoming a top producer. That's all they And mean. there are certain characteristics about becoming a top producer that doesn't necessarily make you a great leader, a great manager, someone who's good at teaching and investing in others. Mm. So you have to ask yourself before you hire someone, why would someone come work for me? Because they're working for you before they're working for your company. So why would they come work for me and who is going to train them? By the way, it should be you, in my opinion. And if it can't be you, what type of training am I going to go and find and pay for, for them? And then what's the, the proper learning curve? What's the expectation, right? Malcolm Gladwell. You've heard me talk about Malcolm a few times in his book, outliers mm-hmm. talks about it takes 10,000 hours to become a master, a long time. an expert. Yeah. It's five years. So if you're an onboard someone, please do not expect them to be as good as you for at least five years. And if you don't train them and teach them, or if you're an absolute tyrant to work for, yeah, then don't expect to keep them. And then you also have to look at what are you paying them versus what, you, what are you expecting? Look, if you're paying someone 10, 12, 15 bucks an hour, please expect 10, 12 or $15 an hour work right. and service. Right. right? And there's nothing wrong with paying someone 10, 12, 15 bucks an hour. Maybe they're at a point in their life and their lack of experience, that's what they're worth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that person is gonna be willing to exchange making 10, 12 or 15 bucks an hour for you though, for this opportunity, for this training, for the opportunity to actually build a career, because mm-hmm. right now it's just a job, it's just a job. But early on, you have to ask yourself, what are they going to do for me? What am I going to pay them? And then, what if and is my pay going to be reasonable for my expectations? If I pay someone twenty-five bucks an hour, I expect a lot more oh, yeah. than when I pay fifteen bucks an hour. Better be bringing some leads. Some weed, <laughs> some leads. You better be bringing some weed if you work for John <laughs> yeah. and he's paying you twenty five dollars an hour. Leads. You already have your mind on Cali, don't you? Gonna We're gonna be there in two weeks. You're already talking about it. <laughs> Holy cow! Right. Some leads. Yes. Yeah. Who was your first assistant? Like wh- when? We... Kevin Murphy. Okay, I've heard yeah. of him. Actually, my first, first, first assistant was this lady by the name of Cheryl, and it was a company provided assistant, mm. and she was more of a of yeah, she – she didn't work for me she worked for the company mm-hmm. and i could ask her to do things for me okay. i mean that was the Dot extent of, of it yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure she looked at me like she did like her her college age son <laughs> right and then i had another assistant um uh, that again was a shared assistant mm-hmm. and same thing goes they didn't work for me they didn't look up to me for my leadership mm-hmm. i was just a top producer young hungry aggressive guy who brought in business mm-hmm. But the first person that I brought in underneath me was Kevin Murphy. Okay. Yep. And it's funny because we go, we fast forward 10 years and now Kevin has an assistant. Yeah. And um, I've had to go to lunch with Kevin. I'm like, hey man, by the way, the way that I treated you those first three years probably isn't the way that that we should treat people. Do right? as hey, I say, not he, as I do. Well, let's learn from my mistakes. Like, <laughs> yeah. how did that make you feel? Yeah. Or what, what he had to learn was the dynamic he and I had. You have to remember, he and I had a friendship that dated back to sixth grade he and I are two, for the most part, alpha males. Mm -hmm. So the way that we communicate is different. Like the way that I led him and managed him and his opportunity was different. You Kevin was brought in and within like a year or two, we had recognized he was the heir apparent. Mm -hmm. He was gonna take over. Therefore, I managed him. I held him to a certain accountability Mm -hmm. standard that maybe I wouldn't just hold anyone because I knew the opportunity that was being dangled to him was a once in a lifetime opportunity that I was almost jealous that no one gave to me. So therefore I was going to make him earn it. And sometimes I was going to be a little bit tougher on him because it was going to be like, Hey, this is sink or swim. You're either going to be elite or the opportunity is going to be too big for you. Which one is it going to be? He, as we all know, has risen to the the occasion. He's a 45 plus million dollar producer, two years in a row. The guy knows his stuff, Mm -hmm. but that was a conversation Kevin and I both had to have was when I'm cut working with him on working with his team is, you know, no one's good at it. That's, that's a good point. No one's good at it. You're not going to be a good leader. You're not going to be a good manager. Are you willing to go back to the drawing boards? You are a really good mortgage professional, or maybe you are a really good practitioner of whatever service it is that you provide. But you have to go back to the drawing board and learn how to become a good leader. Learn how to hold meetings. Learn how to you know coach mm-hmm. and teach and mentor and problem solve. And you also have to understand that what I was getting at earlier, what are you paying that person and what are you expecting out of them? You know, if I'm paying someone $15 an hour and they're more forgetful than other associates, I may have to be a little bit more forgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that person maybe doesn't necessarily go home and think about how they can be better when they come back to the office. Yeah. They then maybe come back to the office and just do it all over Rinse, again. Repeat. Rinse, repeat. Rents, mm-hmm. repeat. But I have to ask myself as a leader, is that who I want? Mm-hmm. Well, if that's not who you want, maybe it's to pay more than $15 an hour. Or maybe to be a better teacher. Right. Maybe to better be a better mentor. Yeah, show them that there's a light at the end of the tunnel rather than just. That's that's my next point. Thank you, John. As a leader, when you're hiring an assistant, what is their long-term opportunity? Are they a career assistant? Have you set that expectation with them? Is there a a, a potential for them to grow within your team, and then how does that look? Right? Could they go from an assistant to a junior and a junior? to maybe your right hand, your team captain. Mm -hmm. And do they know that when you're hiring them? So I think anytime you're hiring an assistant, you have to be able to set proper expectations. You as the leader, look, and they may very well have a manager, like here at Waterstone Mortgage, our loan partners, also known as loan, loan officer assistants, they work for the branch manager. The branch manager rolls up to the regional vice presidents and the, the loan officer assistant or loan partner, their direct report is the loan officer, mm-hmm. right? So that loan officer is definitely involved in the leadership aspect, but this person still has a, a manager and that manager also has a regional VP. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's on the loan officer to to make sure that they are being a good direct report, that they are being a good leader, that they're investing in their people. So first and foremost, if you don't do team meetings, start. They may suck at first, it's okay. It's like anything, start and be consistent with them. Mm -hmm. If it's at 9.30 every day, it's at 9.30 every day. If it's at 9.30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's at 9.30. Whatever whatever it is, you set it and you stick to it and you do a meeting. You figure out a training schedule. When you onboard the person, you sit down and you talk about, this is what I need you to accomplish the next three months and then six months and then 12 months here is where I want you to be. Mm -hmm. You share with that person. In three years, this is my vision. I would love for you to be a part of that. In order for you to be a part of that, I need you to be proficient in X, Y, and Z. It's either on that person or it's on me, the leader, to give them the training and the, and the mentorship that they need in order to have the skill set necessary to be where I need them or want them to be in year three. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'd let them know if you're not there, that's okay. You just won't be able to advance and promote and I have to go out and hire someone who already has that skill set mm-hmm. and bring them into the fold. All right. Where I see people fail also with their assistant is they have them doing too much too early with zero training.
1: Welcome to day one. I need you to go through this file. I need you to call all these TBDs and after you do that, I need you to run LTV on this and then let me know how it's going for my afternoon appointments.
0: Yep. And they don't even know what a TBD is, which in our world and our slang and our, our lingo means to be determined. It's a prospect it's a prospective client that has inquired about doing business with us, but they haven't committed to doing business with us mm-hmm. and something, that an assistant can do, especially in the loan origination world, an assistant can do these three things from day one. And when I'm onboarding assistants for our loan officers and I'm coaching our loan officers on how to be good direct reports, good leaders, good managers say for the first 90 days, the first 90 days, this is all I need your assistant to be good at. And this is all you should expect them to be good at besides showing up to work on time and not being an asshole, right? The, mm-hmm. We should have only hired them because we felt confident they would show up to work on time and not be an asshole.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Once we get through that, then it's can they pick up the phone when it rings and be friendly? Mm. You'd be surprised. Okay. Hey, my first 90 days, if John Coleman's onboarding as my assistant, I'm going to sit down with you. and say, John, I need you to pick up the phone and I need you to be super friendly. And if you don't know what to say, it's on me to give mm-hmm. you, two or three different scripts. Here's how I want the phone answered. And here's what I need you to do. If you don't know the answer, say this, if they're looking for me, do, do this, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's on me to set their proper expectations. That's the number one thing. The number two thing this person can do for me is they can follow up with all of our, Prospects, all of our leads—you mm-hmm. call them TBDs—that's the terminology we use in the mortgage industry. TBD, to be determined. Mm-hmm. It means they don't they're not on our contract; they don't have a property. Mm-hmm. The property address in our system shows as TBD, mm-hmm. which tells us they're uh, a prospect. Well, you don't need any training, right? You don't need to know the mortgage industry or whatever industry that this person is, is assisting in mm-hmm. to call someone and say, "Hi, my name is Dustin O, and I'm calling on behalf of John Coleman at Waterstone Mortgage. How's everything going?" Pretty good. How about yourself? Fantastic. Hey, John wanted me to call. Curious. Are you still in process of looking to buy a house? Yes, I am. Okay. Perfect. John wants to know, do you have any questions at this time when it comes to financing? Uh, No, I'm thinking I'm okay for right now. All right, good. Hey, we're still here for you. What's your timeline again? I want to make sure I'm updating your file. I'm looking to purchase in the next three months. Perfect. Okay. Very good. Well, I'll let John know that. I'll tell him you said hi, and please give us a call if you have any questions, right? Like that takes no skill (laughs) set. Yeah. It may take me as, well, John in this case, Mm -hmm. but whoever the loan officer is, you may have to spend five or 10 minutes doing a quick role play, a quick scripting with that assistant, and now they can do that. So now they can do two things. Those first 90 days, I said, there's three. The first one is pick up the phone and be nice. Mm -hmm. The second one is call my prospects. Call my my leads on my behalf. Try to get them on the phone, get them engaged. Let us know we're there. Mm -hmm. See who needs our help. If they need our help, get them patched over to me. Cause these are all things that I'm probably not doing well and not doing consistently cause I hired an assistant because I'm a top achiever and I am a little bit of a mess because there's one of me and there's more work than I can handle. Mm-hmm. The third thing that they can do, and this really applies to the mortgage industry, but it probably apply to just about every other industry that I think about because we all have clients that we serve. Mm-hmm. I could have my assistant call all of my past clients on my behalf and do a checkup or a check-in, right? If I'm a dentist, my assistant could call every person who's due for their six month cleaning. Mm -hmm. If I'm a dermatologist, same thing applies, my annual checkup. If I'm a financial advisor, yep. If I'm uh, a Tom James rep, I'm Jeff at Tom James, Mm -hmm. like I'm a mortgage guy, yeah. I have a plenitude, a database full of past clients that every year I should be doing a mortgage review on Mm -hmm. I get quote unquote, too busy, too much work, too much work to reach out to those people. But my assistant can do it and they can add value Mm -hmm. because if they're picking up the phone and they're being nice to people, that means I miss, I'm not missing that many opportunities for new business. If they're calling my TBDs, I'm doing the best job possible of capturing and closing the leads that I did generate. Mm -hmm. And if I'm calling past clients, that's a lead generation activity. So that's three things that someone who has zero experience in whatever industry can do in the first 90 days, that gives you 90 days to start implementing different processes to add on to it. Now you can start doing some product knowledge. Now you can start training them on your software right now. They can start attending various trainings that your, maybe your company offers or the industry offers. And then starting in day 91, you can add to it, yep. right? And then you just rinse repeat. That's what the first year looks like. I think it's imperative when you hire an assistant, you tell them up front, it's going to take me one year to train you. And then I'm going to want to get at least one year of us working together uh, at full, e- like, efficiently full, yeah, full capacity. Yeah. So like when you're onboarding, please anticipate being in this role for two years. I'm looking for a two year commitment for most assistants I'm onboarding. I want at least a two year commitment. Now, some people are looking for a 20-year commitment. Mm-hmm. Like, there is nothing wrong with being someone's assistant, and you can still make as much as cops and teachers mm-hmm. and firefighters and nurses as an assistant. It is a great long-term career. Mm-hmm. But there's other people who use this as a launching pad. Yep. That's great, too. Make sure you're up front in the interview process, both loan officer and both person interviewing for that, for that position. What does the next 1, two, five, seven, 10 years look like? And where do I fit in the picture? Mm-hmm. But if I'm onboarding someone and I'm the loan officer hiring you, the assistant, and you're telling me, hey, I'm am so amped up and geeked geeked out on becoming a mortgage professional. I can't wait. I'm going to be CEO one day. Whoa, that's awesome. High five. That I like is that awesome. Yeah, I love that drive. But here's what I need you to understand. If I onboard man to man, woman to woman, woman to man, what have you, like I'm looking for a two-year commitment. I'm going to invest heavily in you. And I know you're gonna be a rock star. I can see it. I can see what a rock star you're gonna be, John. But at the end of the day, I know it's gonna take me a year to teach you this business. And then at a minimum, I'd hope that once I get you taught and trained, that you'll give me at least a year of us working together. And then if you do what I think you can do and I do what I know I can do, we're gonna need someone to replace you because I'm gonna need to promote you. Mm. I'm gonna need to elevate you. And then I'm gonna ask you to train your replacement. In a perfect world, You can use your assistant role as the breeding ground Mm -hmm. to grow your talent. And that's what, that's what we've done here, right? Kevin came in and then as the team grew and Kevin brought value and the leads went up and the volume went up and the units went up, we hired Shirley. Then Kevin trained Shirley. Mm -hmm. And then same thing. Leads went up, volume went up. Kevin's rocking out. Shirley's rocking out. It's time for Shirley to get promoted. But before she does, we have to hire Marissa and Shirley has to hire Marissa. Mm -hmm. And when we were at our peak, that's what we had. We had Kevin as my team captain, my right hand, he was running the show. We had Shirley operating as his high level loan partner too. And we had Marissa acting as our team assistant. Mm -hmm. I was CEO of, of, of the team. I did just things I liked to do and I was good at, which was typically realtor events. And talking to clients, Kevin did everything else. Kevin structured deals. He locked in deals. He met, met with borrowers. And when Kevin couldn't Shirley backed him up, right? Maybe Shirley did the clients that were refinancing. Shirley did the conventional loans with 20% down or Shirley, because she was bilingual handled all of our Spanish speaking clients Mm -hmm. and allowed Kevin to do his eight closings a month. Shirley could handle about four to five closings a month. And Marissa was our assistant. But all three of them started as an assistant and we worked the way up. Mm -hmm. We had that conversation with all of them. And then later down the road, as the team dynamics changed, Marissa became a processor, Shirley, a processor. She's now our processing manager, Mm -hmm. but all because they started working as a loan officer assistant, right? Right. So it was a good career choice for them. It's been really great for Waterstone mortgage, right? Because we have a top producer, we have a processing manager. And, and, yeah. and, and another solid mortgage professional mm-hmm. that all came from being an assistant, but they also came into an environment where they're held accountable, they're coached, they were mentored, they are trained, and they were all given proper expectations that look, I'm going to give this to you that you're going to have for a lifetime. And that's a resume builder, but in return, I'm really looking for your loyalty. Right. You can't make someone sign on the dotted line, but I can have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think early on, when, when you're looking to, to hire, you, you first start with what can they get done in the first 90 days and how much training does it need? You then have to figure out what, how good of a leader or manager am I? Mm-hmm. And then, and this is what actually came through the viewer request, like like if I hire an assistant, then what? Well, they can do this first three things. Almost anybody can. If you hire them, then you vouch for them, they're gonna be able to do that. Yeah. Along the way, you figure it out. Yeah. Hey, if you need a lead tracker, true story. I need a lead tracker. Whether I created it or Marissa created it, did it matter? No, it got created. Yeah. Didn't matter. Neither one of us knew how, and I used to say, Hey, Marissa, we need a lead tracker. And she's like, I don't know what, what, what that is. I explained to her what it is. And she goes, well, I don't know how to do it. I said, well, neither do I. I said, one of us has to figure it out. And that person's not me. We meaning I gave her autonomy. I trusted her. I vouched for her when I hired her. I signed my name on that offer letter. I said, yep, this person is going to be a really good, individual to have on my team. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what you do as well. I think you incorporate your team in some of the the decision-making. Make sure you're empowering them to make decisions. Make sure that when you coach them, when you mentor them, when you lead them, that they're not afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes are learning opportunities. So I've told every single assistant I've onboarded, look, if you make a mistake, as long as you learn from it, we're all good. If you make a mistake and it costs me and I can throw money at it to fix it. It's not a real problem. It's not a real problem. I said, you start burning relationships cause you're an asshole to somebody. We're going to have
1: a closed door conversation.
0: It's going to be an issue. Yes. You know, there's certain, that's a personality flaw, mm-hmm. right? If, if you're getting complaints, if you're telling people you'll call them back by four and it's three o'clock the next day and they haven't been called back still, that's an issue. But if you're running hundred miles an hour, and you're trying to take charge, and you're trying to, to use your autonomy to make a decision, that decision maybe wasn't the best decision, all based on inexperience or ignorance, I'm okay with that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as long as you learned. I, as your manager, can go right behind you, call that client up and say, hey, look, I so apologize, I jumped in, I'm gonna go ahead and fix the situation, I had to give Marissa the opportunity to do this, mm-hmm. I can see where she was going with it, but there's actually a better way and I'm going to get things corrected. Mm -hmm. People will understand as long as you communicate it effectively. Mm -hmm. And as we look to wrap up this particular episode on hiring an assistant, I I hope this is what Christine, was it Christine? Mm, No. No. I don't know. Okay. Associate, fellow Waterstone Mortgage Associate. Fellow Waterstone Mortgage Associate. I'm hoping this is what you were looking for. Like it, it, it's so hard because this is something that honestly, when you're hiring your first person, you should reach out to someone who's done it well. Yeah, right. That's anything in life. Like reach out to someone that you admire, you look up to that has done it well and pick their brain. I shared with you some of the tips, tricks, and, and thoughts that I have to the matter. But with this forum, we don't have the opportunity for you to stop me, pause me, and ask me questions. Mm-hmm. So hopefully when you get the website up and running, we have a message board on that website and that message board would be a good opportunity for us to maybe do some back and forth. Well, message board. We never talk. I'm kidding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this sounds good. Perfect. John Coleman, thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to uh, uh, produce this well, episode. Well, thank
1: you, Dustin, for giving me the opportunity to listen to your insightfulness about what I need to do when I'm ready to hire my first assistant. Yes. Which will be never. I'm going to do everything myself. It,
0: impossible. No, you're not. I know. No, you're not. Right now, you boondoggle. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to get past the boondogs, boggle stage, uh, boondoggle right. stage it's by right. January. I guess by about May. Of next year. Of next year, you're probably going to need an assistant. Okay. And then when that happens, we'll, maybe revisit, we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about it. it. We'll revisit this episode and we'll talk about it. But, yeah. hey, that's all the time we have for this episode. We will catch you guys on our next episode, which will be released three to five days after this. One. Word. Peace.